0: In our services at the moment, we're looking at titles of Jesus, and this morning we're thinking about Jesus as the root of Jesse. So our first reading is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will be The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The Spirit of counsel. And of power. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. Or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will eat them. The cow will feed with the bear, Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. And they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the. as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his place of rest will be promised. Thanks be to God for his word.
1: Uh, This is Romans uh, chapter 15, verses 5 to 13. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. But I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth. To confirm the promises made to the patriarchs, so the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy, mercy, as it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again, it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, and again praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations, the Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: That image of a green shoot growing from an old tree (coughs) stump evokes ideas of new life in place of death, hope in place of despair, Uh, deliverance instead of defeat. When we thought things had finished, and there was nothing left. There is a new beginning. Although the tree has been cut down, it seems that it's dead. There is still life and roots, with all the potential there for fresh, renewed growth. Something that refuses to be destroyed. The prophecy in Isaiah that a shoot will come forth from the stub of Jesse expresses a confidence in God's promise that there will always be a son of David to reign as king over God's people. Even though at times it seemed that the world line had been cut off and God's promise had not been fulfilled, there remained a hope that one day, from the root of Jesse, David's father, there would again be a king to rule over God's people. That's why such a fuss is made over Jesus being a son of David. He stands in the royal line of resurrection as the king of God's people. And the promise was not only that this son of David, this root of Jesse, would rule over God's chosen people, there was also a promise that he would rule over the nations as well. And then a situation where God's people were effectively just a vassal state, subservient to a succession of great empires that dominated them over the centuries. The hope that The root of Jesse, the son of David, would rule over the nations was a reversal of their present experience, turning everything upside down. The tables would be turned, and those who had been ruled and brought into subjection would govern their former rulers. But this is no image of a violent revolution or enforced subjugation of and retribution against former oppressors, the one who comes to rule over the nations is the very one in whom they put their hope and they welcome his rule and his kingdom. And we don't need to fear, we do need to fear the kingdom of Christ. Because he is the one who came to serve and to lay down his life as a ransom for men. And in the kingdom of the Son of David, the old division between us and them the ancient enmities were abolished. Jews and Gentiles alike, united under his sovereignty. That's why Paul quotes this promise in his letter to the church and Rome, which had most likely fragmented along ethnic lines. And the old divisions between Jews and Gentiles had surfaced, and they weren't finding it easy to be one in Christ. That's why he praised at the beginning of that reading in the Geneva Ortiz that you find a spirit of unity that with one voice you might be able to glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of their problems seem to centre on the question of law observance. Jewish believers are asking Gentile believers, how can you possibly be a Christian if you live like that? Surely as God's people you must know that you have to keep God's law, you're just immoral. And for their part, the Jewish believers are talking to the the, the Gentile believers were talking to the Jewish believers and saying, are you really Christians? If you were relying on Christ for salvation, you wouldn't have all these hang-ups over what kind of food the Lord said you couldn't, allowed, you weren't allowed to eat. It's just development. So there is a tendency for both sides to be critical of each other, to sit in judgment on each other. Even a danger that they would discount the validity of each other's faith. And that's the issue that Paul addresses head on throughout Romans, trying to establish that the key factor, the one thing that matters in becoming a Christian is putting your faith in Christ. That's what makes you a Christian. And then when you believe in Christ, the spirit of Christ enters your heart and he governs your life and in that way you fulfil all that the law requires. The problem was essentially that Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians believed the same gospel but had very Different views on things like the place of the law in living up a Christian life and practice. And Paul's mission, his aim, his desire was to get both sides to the point where they welcomed each other as fellow believers and accepted each other with each other's differences and found ways of worshipping together and endorsing each other's faith. And that's after the reminds us that it's not our place to sit in judgment on. Quality in anybody else's faith. Each of us is accountable to God for what we believe and how we behave. And the person who sees things differently to you, well, they're accountable to God for what they believe and how they behave. And God is able to make them stand as well as you in his presence. And to round off the argument, Paul cites this series of quotations from what we call the Old Testament, which show, as he puts it, that Jesus came to serve the Jewish nation in fulfilment of the promises made to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, so that as he did so, God's mercy would come to the Gentiles, so that they would glorify God as well. And he quotes a whole series of verses which talk of Gentiles praising God's name and rejoicing with God's people to show that has always been part of God's master plan. It was always God's purpose to raise up the roots of Jesse, to govern and rule not only over the Jews but also over the Gentiles that have as well. And I can imagine a wry smile on Paul's face as he writes out that verse in Isaiah, which speaks of the root of Jesse arising to rule over the nations. Because that verb arise is the same verb that Paul uses elsewhere of Jesus rising from the dead. So Jesus rises as the root of Jesse to govern the nations. He rises from the tomb as Lord of all for his kingdom to reign over all the earth. And it's because of his resurrection that we can put our hope in him. Because he's the one who does bring life from death and hope from despair and healing from destruction. He's the one that takes off those glasses of negativity that Ben was talking about in his prayers and enables us to see things with hope because God can change things for the better. So as you look to the future, how do you feel about it? Positive or negative? Hopeful or anxious? How do you feel about having a new government next year? Are you confident it's all going to be as great as the politicians for parties are predicting if they are elected? Or are you not sure whether you can believe it? No one knows what's going to happen on Thursday, but I'm pretty confident that whatever the outcome, a large proportion of the population are going to be dismayed. Either because that got in or because nothing's changed. And we're still where we are now. Do we believe those who predict that all will be well after Brexit or that all would be fine if we ditched Brexit and started again? Does the future fill us with hope or trepidation? And what about the wider international scene? A creaky NATO alliance. A resurgent, aggressive Russia an unpredictable US president, the ever-present threat of terrorism lurking just over the horizon, or climate change, the news this week that our oceans have a lower level of oxygen than ever before and the effect that it has on, on the fish that live in it. Climate change is arguably the single biggest threat to life as we know it on this planet. If there seems to be so little hope that the world needs will actually pull together to address the problem and pull us back from the point which people are calling the point of no return. What does it mean to hope in Jesus in the face of these real threats? Not a matter of shutting our eyes and thinking, well, God's in his heaven, so all is well with the world. At one level, We do come back to Romans 15, 12 and see there that the Gentiles hope in the son of Jesse because he is the one who will rule over the nations. Ultimately we can say that Jesus is Lord and the future of our country, the future of this planet is in his hands. And because he governs in righteousness and love, we can trust him and place our confidence in him and not give in to our fears fears. Or our despairs. And yet at the same time we recognise that we live in a world where people and countries ignore his rule and use their own immense power for their own ends. And you cannot but ponder the potentially destructive long-term consequences of rejecting the rule of Christ and doing our own thing. Faced with that we need to be praying Jesus thy kingdom come thy will be done deliver us from evil and as we look forward to that day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain and the old order of things has passed away we say amen come lord jesus come emmanuel and as we worship the one who's risen from the dead to rule over the nations we can pray that his future kingdom, will here and now break into our present to set right what is wrong, to neutralise what is evil, to bring justice where there is wrongdoing, to redeem us from destruction and set us on the right path. Because Jesus is alive, because Jesus is Lord, this world is not a God-forsaken place. His kingdom can and does make a difference. And the place where God wants to start making a difference, right here, right now, is in your heart and in mine. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. At this time of year we tend to think about Jesus as the baby in the manger. There were those like the shepherds and the wise men who came to worship him and welcomed him. And there were those who wanted to do away with him like Herod. This raises the question now. What's our response to Jesus? Do we welcome him or reject him? Do we acknowledge him as Lord of all? Or do we do our own thing? We are faced, each of us, with a choice. But permit me to say to anyone who's struggling to find any hope that Jesus is the place to look. Because welcoming him into your heart really does make a difference. To how you perceive things, because if Jesus is Lord, there is always hope. And where the Bible says that when his kingdom comes, everything will be all right at the end, so we don't really need to worry, and we can look forward to that. But here and now, right here and right now, Jesus is the one who rescues us from the despair and the hopelessness of thinking, what can I do? What possible difference can I make? I might as well fold my arms and let, let everything happen around me. Jesus says no. That picture of the green shoots coming out of the old stump is no. It's not true that there is nothing you can do. It's not true that you can't make a difference. It's not true that there isn't life coming out of death. It's not true that God's kingdom isn't even now working to transform things. It's an image of new heart life. It's an image of hope. It's the difference Jesus makes because he is the root of Jesse. So people who believe in Jesus are people who don't give up. We're people who continue to pray, to work, to look forward to the coming of the kingdom. Working to see the tide turn and goodness resurface again. And why do we do that? Because we believe in a God of resurrection, who raised his son from the grave to be the root of Jesse, and his resurrection power is at work in us and us. We don't give up hope. because above and beyond the chaos which threatens to engulf us Jesus is Lord. And so we hang on to that and we continue praying and working for the coming of his kingdom.
1: It makes that dissonance between what we see
0: going on around us and what we know his kingdom will be like when it comes, that is what inspires us to live and work and pray for change. And we don't give up, because here in our hearts Jesus is King, and he will not let us give in and close our eyes and just drift with the flow. As we follow his lead, we can be part of that green shoot making a difference and being a force for good. I've quoted these words of us before, but they are worth repeating. You may dance the tune played by the present reality. Your style of life will be realistic and pragmatic. Or you may choose to move your body under the spell of a mysterious tune and rhythm which come from a world world we do not see, the world of our hopes and aspirations. Hope is hearing the melody of the future faith is to dance it so we look forward to hope we pin our hope in Jesus and we work and hope and pray for the life that is to come and for the way in which that kingdom breaks in to our presence here and now we do not give up we persevere because Jesus is the root of Jesse And he is the one who will rule over the
1: nations, as all of us put out the